Welcome to the Wannabe Gaming Podcast, Episode 8. It's Tuesday, March 5, 2019. I'm Brett Jackson. Joining me, as always, is Michael Dewey. Hello, everybody. I'm excited to be here this week. We've got a lot of interesting things to talk about. It was a lot of small week in terms of the news, but we got some fun things to talk about. Um, but first, I want to make sure everybody knows that if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are located at WBGCast on Twitter. If you want to follow myself, Michael Dewey, I am at MichaelDewey99. Or you can follow Brett Jackson at I am Brett Jackson on Twitter. Um, my first thing I want to say is how frustrated I am. And that is because we this is take recorded. Number two. <laughs> this is take number two. Take number two because, oh, my goodness, we were 45 minutes plus into the previous recording. And we were rocking it. It was the best recording ever. You guys will just never be able to hear it because of me. I literally, my, my laptop went black. So I did my two fingers on the mouse pad, squiggle back and forth. And in doing that, somehow I clicked the exit button on my audacity recording portion so my portion of the audio went goodbye after 45 minutes of recording so i have now changed it so that it will never go black when plugged in never ever 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 and we're starting over so you know what we should do is we should probably set it up to where we could like live stream our google hangout um now or something like that. I think you could do that on YouTube. And then we'd have like a backup in case the audio went to crap. That's um, true. It would take more work, but we could figure that out. Yeah. But anyways. And if all fails, you'd be able to see me have a breakdown of like, dang it. <laughs> Seriously, I'm so pissed right now because we spent so long on it. And afterwards, we were like, do you want to just start over or do it tomorrow? And we're both like, we don't want to do it tomorrow. We've got things we got to do. So... Podcast Here we are again. all night. Yeah, podcast all night long. Same content. I'm fresh. I'm <laughs> yeah. It's it's raw. <laughs> um, I had an awesome first question for you too, and I don't think I'm going to go into that question. I'll save it for next time, or okay. I'll come up with another one similar. But uh, the short version of it was: Would you rather fly or be able to swim really fast? And I said, fly, because I'm scared yeah. of the ocean. Pretty much. Pretty much. It was awesome. So that's a little teaser. Maybe next time we'll talk about why Brett is scared of the ocean and why I don't like ocean stuff as well. Uh, but we have an interesting an interesting uh, podcast for you about different information. It's been a really slow week in terms of exciting news that kind of that for the games that we play at least. Um, so much so that I've actually just been playing Banjo Kazooie this week, and it's been pretty fun going back and reminiscing. Uh, going through all those puzzles, and I like it. I get excited to go through Banjo-Kazooie, do Banjo-Tooie, um, and then the Nuts and Bolts as well. Um, and be, speaking of old games, that's one of the news pieces that we have. Um, the Turok Dinosaur Hunter has been is coming to Switch. It's already on Xbox One, but it's going to be coming to Switch as well. One thing that's weird, though, is Xbox One is going to be charging 20 bucks per Turok. So it's Turok 1 and Turok 2. Yeah, it's 20 bucks a piece. I don't know if I would pay that. There's it, a lot of new games I wouldn't pay that much for. I'm assuming it's 20 bucks a piece on Switch as well? I think so. I don't know if it's said in the article. That seems crazy to me, but I, I don't know. Maybe there's more nostalgia for Turok than... I, I didn't play it as a kid, so I don't really have any fond memories. <laughs> and looking yeah, at the, the video, it doesn't... <laughs> I don't want to have The front cover memories. of it looked a little too violent for our families. Yeah, I was up. what like eight. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't. And look like Duke Nukem with a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if that's your thing, go get some Turok. Maybe wait for a yeah. sale. Um, but so one of the more interesting things that it came out this week, personally, this is my favorite, is there was some leaked information for Apex Legends. So uh, many different places have already written about this article already. But there is a character that was leaked. Um, people had hacked the game and found a screenshot of the abilities and the name and a potential art um, silhouette of the of the character so we can kind of know what he's going to look like. But it's Octane. And he has a lot of resemblance to Junkrat. Skinny, scrawny guy, mechanical legs, 
um, has like a mask kind of a thing. Um, but his abilities are really interesting. His abilities actually tell us a little bit more. Um, oh, a little side note. It, there was also a, a leaked picture of multiple characters with their names. No silhouettes, abilities, or anything like that. Just the names. And it looks like there's at least 10 other uh, heroes that they have in the works that they're bringing out. So as I read through the abilities, it kind of gave us a hint at what some other heroes might have as abilities as well. So his passive is that when he's not being attacked or get, taking damage, he actually re- heals himself over time. Now, I don't know how much. It could be an extremely slow heal over time, so it's still important to pick up healing packs. Or it could be somewhat substantial in which that's a really cool perk to have and probably will be played a lot. I think that's probably honestly my favorite ability of all of his abilities. Um, But he also has another one called Adrenaline Junkie where he moves 30% faster but at the cost of 10% health. So I guess that kind of offsets with his passive. So he could use that ability, run away, and then gain that health back potentially really quickly. So maybe it's a a good thing. Um, And then, oh, that other part, and this is the little piece that shows us what other characters might do is while he's on Adrenaline Junkie, he can't have any slowing effects on him. So there's currently no characters that we could think of that have any slowing abilities. So potentially, one of those other characters that is being coming out later might have some sort of slowing effect. Um, Yeah. I was trying to think of maybe those ninja stars, uh, because they do like electricity on you. maybe that slows you i can't remember uh i feel like that might slow you those arc mines yeah the like the arc throwing stars Hmm. um i i'm not sure though i've never hit anybody with one but i've i've been hit with a few (laughs) um and i i don't know but if even if even if there was only one slow it still seems like they wouldn't put that in around one slow they so they have to be planning for future stuff i would imagine or other character abilities yeah, so I'm Googling real quick because I'm curious about the arc, um, the arc, the arc star. star. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. actually it does. So, well, it says, oh, there's a bug. The arc star slows lasts after being revived. So it looks like there is a slow effect to the arc star. So maybe that um, one at the very least would be like if he got released next, which we're not sure when he's getting released or even if he's next, but at least it would like be able to run through that if he got yeah, hit which, for, a bit, for a little bit. Which is really strange because, like, honestly, you don't – that's not a huge common thing in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So it would be so weird for them to have an ability for that specific it, one item. Yeah, it would make more sense in, like, in counteracting a few different hero abilities or something. Um, so I'm not sure. But, yeah, like we said earlier, I don't think the smoke uh, – not the smoke, but the gas cloud bombs from the one hero. I don't think those slow you, so – I can't no, think I of anything think so. else that does, but yeah. I guess we'll see. Maybe, I mean, maybe this guy's not next. Maybe it's maybe it'll make more sense uh, once the next few heroes come out. Yeah, and his ultimate is a launch pad. So you know, unknown about how large it is, but I imagine it's large enough that multiple people can jump on it at a time, um, and it's not hard to to hit. But it launches you high, high up in the air, and so it it's good if you don't want to have a pathfinder and you want to get up into a new area. Um, so I don't know. He seems like an interesting character. He seems skinny scrawny. So if he has similar hitboxes to like Wraith, then he could be a high selection character. Um, as opposed to right now, the guy who does all the, um, who has the shields and the Samoan guy, and then also the breaking bad chemical gas guy, they both are very large characters and have huge hitboxes on them. So yeah, And the other thing about Apex this week that I saw, they released a video just like kind of going over some of the cool kills that have they've seen or whatever. But they also announced 50 million players. Uh, that's the number that they've hit. Not concurrent, obviously, wow. but they've hit 50 million uniques, I think, uh, in inside a month, I guess. Oh, it's been about a month. So that's that's nuts. Uh, that's a lot of people. I don't. They didn't announce concurrence, so I would imagine they they probably haven't pushed concurrence from the first two weeks or whatever. I think they hit two million concurrence around there or something, but that's probably still the 
the the cap, but 50 million total is a lot of people. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, moving on though, because yeah, that's pretty much all the news really with Apex Legends that was relevant this week. Um, Xbox One has a new name for its um, new Xbox Digital that's coming out. It used to the code name was Xbox Maverick. Um, which like you mentioned earlier in the previous recording, um, that they had a code name of Xbox Scorpio. They have really cool like code names. I don't know why they're not rolling out these code names because they're kind of lame with the other ones. So the new name is Xbox one S all digital edition. Um, so you could, if they didn't do edition, you could call it the Xbox one sad. (laughs) Oh man. I wish that. It was just all digital. That'd be so funny. But they knew they know that they would get memed. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, hardcore. Uh, but yeah, with Scorpio, they did have the like limited edition X that was called the Scorpio Edition. But that I think that was just fan service to like kind of for people that wanted to spend money early on. But uh, but yeah, I wish uh they had better names. But I think this one makes a little bit more sense just because them taking out the disk drive they really need to like nail home with anybody who buys this in the store that hey by the way it's all digital (laughs) um yeah so nobody (laughs) nobody gets confused uh especially because they've been burned by the in the past from like bad messaging around like digital licensing and taking away physical media and if they're going to try it again they really need to be clear and they need to offer a good value which i feel like the value stuff they have ready because uh, Game Pass and is a great value. Uh, it makes sense to have a cheap, like the cheapest console you can get that can get access to Game Pass at this point. So, and I think it's a, like we said a few weeks ago, it's like if it almost seems like maybe they're just testing the waters with an all digital edition before we get to next generation. Because if they're announcing consoles at E3 and everybody hates this thing, maybe they maybe they could pull back um, even though they only have a month, but maybe they could cancel something off the list uh, if everybody hates like an all digital console. I don't think people will. I think people are ready for it um, and the market is ready for it. I think a lot of people are probably either 100% or mostly digital at this point already. So it would be perfect for those people or for a lot of people maybe who are just wanting to pick up like an a cheap Xbox one as a secondary console. If they already have a PlayStation or a PC and they just want like something to get access to game pass, uh, they don't want to spend a lot of money and get an X. They just want game pass. And I could see this being an avenue to get access to that uh, until it gets on switch and smart TVs and phones, then it doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but it'll be cool. I'm interested to see if like what price point they hit. I think earlier we talked about like Xbox one S is at two fifty retail right now and so if they could hit 200 with the all digital version maybe and then like if that goes on sale uh for maybe 150 like that is a pretty low barrier to entry when you're talking about you know something that gives you access to the entire library and probably comes with a free month of xbox live and game pass yeah i would agree i think that that would be really awesome if they could get it down to 200 and 270 175 or something like that Mm -hmm. um especially if it goes on sale. That'd be amazing. So let's talk about Guild Wars. Oh, um, yeah. I don't so, I don't play Guild Wars uh, anymore, but I know me, you, and Brian uh, played it for a good while when it first launched. Uh, they've had a few expansions since then, which we have not played. But one of our friends, Trevor Laux, uh, <laughs> has played, I think, through like through all of them. Uh, yeah. So, but it's a good game. I, I have good memories of Guild Wars as like a... A different alternative if you want an MMO and you don't want to play World of Warcraft. Yeah, I, I, the thing I like the most about Guild Wars is they had the really awesome puzzle maps uh, where you could... Oh, the jumping puzzles and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, those were they cool. World jumping puzzles. It just got really frustrating when you got killed in PvP on one of those after getting after working really hard to get to a certain spot and they just had people waiting for you after you got past that really hard part to kill you so you had to do it again. Do you like, remember at like Christmas time when they'd have like holiday events and like one of the holiday events would be like this really crazy jumping puzzle that was like kind of on a timer or you'd be getting like chased by something that would kill you 
that yep. those were so cool um and i remember like us three all like doing that over and over and over again trying to finish it i don't know what you got probably like some outfit or something but yeah, if I remember right, it, was, it really wasn't that great, um, but it was still fun. It, I, I like those kind of aspects to the game that adds a lot more depth to it. So there's a lot of fond memories with Guild Wars too. But the news that has come out is they just released the very first PvP mount. Uh, it's Warclaw, and so it looks pretty cool. Um, since I don't play anymore, I don't really have much inside information about that, but it's just a unique thing that they created a PvP-specific mount that you can use there now. So that's pretty cool. Um, the other thing, though, is that they have recently laid off 143 employees in their Bellevue campus, um, and they say that they are uh, – oops, that's the mount article. Don't want to open that one. Um Open this up. Yeah, and so they're also counseling some projects that they're working on. Um, even though in the statement, the article headline says that they are and canceling projects, but later on in the article, they talk about how um, it will not affect future upcoming projects. So At least related um, to like Guild Wars and Guild Wars 2, but I looked at their games earlier and there's nothing else on their list of games, so... I don't know, you know, if there's probably projects that they're working on that aren't, that nobody knows about, you know, outside of ArenaNet. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, we talked, we talked about this being like, you know, similar to Activision, like they're, they're not hitting the numbers that they want to hit. It's probably, it, maybe not the same as Activision because Activision Blizzard's still making a ton of money. Uh, but they also didn't hit the targets they were wanting. And it's like, they also aren't doing anything new. Like they have all the same properties that they've had for a while. No new games are coming out. Uh, they just keep coming out with like a new hero here and a new update here and, you know, a middling World of Warcraft expansion here. And it's like they need something fresh <laughs> if they're going to compete with all these other games that are coming out that are new and that are blowing up overnight like Apex. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Not that there's a lot of. You know, I would imagine it's not 100% crossover. It's an MMO on PC. So, but I would imagine that Guild Wars being as old as it is, it's just the the audience is not going to stay around forever. Like your revenue is probably going down over time and it probably has been for a long time. Uh, and maybe, you know, you talked about maybe tax changes in Seattle uh, might have affected both of these studios because they're both located in those areas. But yeah, in the article, it talks about how Activision Blizzard uh, shut down the Z2 Seattle Game Studios, uh, which when we talked about this stuff before, we didn't mention that. Um, I don't know if we knew that information specifically. And so I was asking that same that question in our previous recording of why, why Seattle? Why is Bellevue getting a massive cut? And then why did Activision cut in the, in the Seattle area? Is there something bigger going on in Seattle um, and the first thing I thought of was like, oh, well, they had that thing where they were wanting to increase minimum wage over there to $15 an hour. And I thought, well, that's stupid because most of these people are not going to be making minimum wage. And so why would that matter? So I just typed in in Google, did Seattle increase taxes on businesses? And the first thing that popped up is about 3% of Seattle businesses will be taxed, um, will be taxed raising about 400 or $47 million per year, according to the council. And um, the thing that a little later on in there is that Amazon could pay more than $10 million per year. So, um, you know, I don't think there's any news about Amazon leaving yet. Um, but, yeah, it just seems like maybe that could be the reason why, you know, if they're, they're failing and, and needing to make cuts in general. Obviously, they're going to look and see where the taxes are affecting their company the best possible, you know, and wherever they can save the most money possible. And it seems like both the companies are realizing the Seattle area potentially due to the tax increase are saying, Hey, this is the cheapest place where we can save the most money and cut the least amount of people. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens and see, we'll kind of keep an eye on other things going on. I mean, Microsoft is still there. Amazon's still there. A lot of other big companies are still there in Seattle. So it's just odd that these two video game companies I know it's, it's targeted that area. It's strange to to see like 
I mean, even, and there's another studio last week, like EA Australia, I think, uh, had like 40 to 50 people laid off last week. Um, I don't know really what they develop over there, but that was another article I've seen. Kangaroo games. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry, yeah, everybody listens in Australia. It, I'm sure. Yeah, you... I haven't seen any hit kangaroo games in the past few years, so <laughs> like, no wonder they're they're toast. Um, um, <laughs> what what is it? Uh, um, oh, what what do they call their the big di- the big desert out there? Anyways, I was just thinking like kangaroo tycoon or something tycoon. <laughs> the outback tycoon. Outback tycoon. There it is. Where you just make Thank- a bunch of outback steakhouses and run the world. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the Bloomin' Onion. I love the Bloomin' Onion. I want a Bloomin' Onion really bad. I was going to say, like, it's it's just weird to, I guess, see, like, big layoffs happening and, like, people be really down on, you know, some of these companies going through tons of turnover and, like, down revenue and having to lay people off and cut staff. And then on the flip side, you have other games like Apex just blow up overnight and, like, I would imagine they're probably hiring and getting like, you know, making tons of money. It's just weird having all these things happen at the same time. And a lot of the layoffs happening at these huge studios. It's just weird having, you know, it's like the game industry is just still a very kind of volatile thing in certain areas, especially on some of these AAA studios that are like, you know, if if they're not doing well, like they have so many people uh, that they have to cut a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, so I don't. I don't know. I, w- I know there's been a lot of talk too with the past few weeks about like you know game developers need to unionize and like they need to organize and to get fairer treatment, I guess, in these types of situations. And I'm not really sure like of any of the details of that, but it feels like something needs to change. I guess hopefully at least of the like the actions in the past few weeks, at least people are talking about it. And trying I, to figure I, out, like, if I don't know if that's the answer, but it's like it feels like it. It just feels shady uh, from some of these bigger companies. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be laid off, but it's like it feels like, man, it's it's got to be hard to work in the industry. Uh, it in some of those areas. Yeah, I I don't know. I have such mixed feelings about this that idea of you know unionizing these type of employees because. It reminds me a lot of higher education and the whole um, argument of tenure tracking uh, faculty. Yeah. And mm-hmm. my experience is when when you get protection and not and you don't have to be or you don't have to worry about your job, you usually get pretty lazy with your job, to where you're not really innovating, you're not doing as much as you can. So then it puts the strain back on the company. To where they're like, hey, I've got a whole bunch of employees who aren't really pulling the weight. We're having just a hard time getting a lot of good games out. The quality is dropping. So let's do more microtransactions to be able to get more money. I mean, that's – or else – I mean, I don't know. I don't well, I don't like it. I, I think that it's somewhat healthy to have layoffs so that innovation can come in and personally. I, I kind of agree. I agree with the, like, the tenure thing of like, yeah – that that's a cycle that you don't want to have happen of people like just feeling like, Oh, I'm never going to get fired so I can just stay here forever. But it feels like the game industry worse than a lot of other places is like, especially in the triple a is all about like, you know, crunch and build up the team as much as we can to get this shipped. And then as soon as we're shipped and, or like profitable, okay, cut everybody that's not needed uh, and maintain as long as we can. Uh, yeah, to increase profit mar- profit margins. And I mean, I guess maybe you wouldn't. It just seems like the industry wasn't that way as much like ten years ago. Without like, it's just different. But I I don't know. It seems just like the cycle of the industry is really volatile. And it's like maybe you should know that now getting into the games industry, especially new people coming in. It's like if you're going to be a dev, like it would be a weird time trying to get into that as like a you know as a new career. Knowing that, like, yeah. you know, if I get on this project uh, for this big game, like, that's exciting. But, like, when it's done, no matter how good I am, like, are they going to just can me because they don't they don't want all these people here anymore? Um, well, I mean, I don't know. That kind of comes out to the aspect of be the best employee or be the best yeah. one there. Because if you are the best, they're going to try to keep you. 
I mean, it's kind of like Brian. Brian gets offered tons of awesome jobs because the truth is he's one of the best, I would say, in the industry when it comes to WordPress stuff. There you go, Brian. There's your there's your one toot for the day. Toot, toot, toot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like if you if you work your butt off and people will notice, um, I, I think you will be secure in your job. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, there is a certain part of the any job in any new game. They need a lot of developers to create characters and create everything, and they they need that first front load employment thing. And then once it's up and running, you don't need as many developers to maintain the game. So I mean, it makes sense that there'd be a, a cut kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, we can we don't need to talk about it too much longer. Yeah. But I guess at the very um, least, it's. It's good that people are talking about it, but it's also nice to see like other studios like be online like, hey, we're, we're we have open positions. <laughs> yeah. If anybody hey, like us. wants to come apply here or or like having job fairs like for people in those roles that might want to work for another studio or in that area, that kind of thing. Yeah. So what that and by the way, if anybody's listening in the Seattle area tomorrow, when this podcast has already been aired, there was a college or there was a career fair out there. Um, so if you're listening to it, you missed it. You missed it. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buds. Um, but Star Wars, Star Wars has a writer that came and helped. We don't know the extent if they actually helped write the entire script um, or if they were just a consult kind of position. But there was a writer from KOTOR 2 who is helping with this new Jedi Fallen Order. Now, if anybody's listening and doesn't know what KOTOR means, um, there's the back door. You're not a real gamer. Get out of here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, It means Knights of the Old Republic, uh, which is arguably one of the best Star Wars games to have ever been made. The best Um, written. the The story is great. Yeah, the story was great. Uh, really immersive in getting into the story and the back uh, line of what it was to be a Jedi. The gameplay was great. Um, yeah, n- honestly, KOTOR, yeah, really, 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 really awesome. So I'm excited to have this writer come in either as a consult or even in the process of writing for this new Star Wars game because I think the whole Star Wars community is extremely thirsty for a good, reliable Star Wars game that's not Battlefront. Um. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh. Yeah, and it's Chris Avalon. If you're wondering who the writer is, he worked on Nice the Old Republic two. He worked on Fallout two, Fallout New Vegas. Um. And I believe he is working on Dying Light two, as well. Which I think mm. I think he was out on stage, like at when they announced Dying Light two. Of like, I'm helping them create this interesting world um and that was supposed to be like a big deal because it's chris avalon uh but he's done some he's done some good stuff uh so i'm excited to maybe at least have the potential of an interesting star wars game and i mean respawn has been killing it lately so i think if if there's a dev that can create something cool and interesting it's probably respawn uh yeah they've been having a pretty good track record and i'm sure after apex they are they're just coasting, but I, I, I'm hoping they can have another win because we need a Star Wars game. Yeah, we really do. And speaking of Star Wars, I know I told this story earlier when our podcast failed, but uh, <laughs> I might have a chance to go to Disney in July uh, because we're going to California to visit visit Astley's um, grandma uh, for her birthday, for her 80th birthday. Um, Yay. So Happy birthday, grandma. Yeah, grandma. I'm pretty sure she's a subscriber. Um, yeah, she is. <laughs> I don't even... Her, all, all the people, if she's in a nursing home, I don't know if she is or not, but if she's in a nursing home, all the people in the nursing home yeah, listen. That's why that's why it spikes so much because of the, yeah. the old folks. She's actually <laughs> still in her house, I think. But, um, oh, good for her. So, yeah, I they said that Galaxy's Edge is the new Star Wars land. It's not a whole theme park, but it's I think it's in Hollywood Studios is where it's supposed to go. Um, but they said it's opening this summer and I, but they haven't announced it yet. So I'm, I'm hoping that it opens before July. And if it does that, I, the lines are going to be nuts, but I still think I'm going to want to go if we're there. Cause I, I doubt we'll go back that often. So we might try it, but that would be fun. But anyways, uh, speaking of the fallen order though, just, uh, it's supposed to be, um, kind of previewed. I'm not sure 
to what extent, but on at the Star Wars celebration this year. May 4th. Yeah, so hopefully uh, in May we'll get to know some more info about um, what's coming and maybe when it's coming. That's actually really soon, actually. I think it's only two months away. I know. I mean, they teased it at, well, they didn't, they they talked about it. I feel like at E3 maybe last year. It was one of the, I think it was E3 at EA's uh, conference, I think is when they first said something about it. And like Vince Sampella from Respawn was just like in the audience and they were like, oh yeah, I'm working on a Star Wars game and that's it. (laughs) Um, So I don't know. It's been like a, a, it'll be, I've been about a year. Um, so hopefully they'll have something to show. Hmm. But uh, let's talk about some looter shooters. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about Destiny as much as I did like an hour ago. Um, but <laughs> I've been playing. Seriously, stupid Mike. Yeah, we have to cut everything short because we're so mad. Um, but I'm going to. That and my butt's going numb. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, for <laughs> pulling back the curtain here. Um, I'm downstairs in my basement on this little desk area. And we don't have a chair for this one. Um, I could take one from our dining room table, but they creak really bad. They're wooden ones. And so I have this plastic like step stool that I sit on and it's <laughs> right at the wrong height to where after our podcasts are done, my entire butt is entirely numb and just d- dead. So yeah, I'm struggling over here with numb butt. Numb butt <laughs> makes for a good podcast. <laughs> yeah. Numb butts make good podcasts. Um. But I've been playing Destiny this past week. I I just got the Legendary Edition or whatever they had when it was on sale. So I'm not quite through the whole game. I'll probably talk more about it when I get through Forsaken, um, that story. But I, I'm through like the base game and the first DLC, which was eh. And I'm halfway through the second DLC, which is interesting. Um, but it's I, I've heard Forsaken is where it gets really, really good. Um, so I'm trying to just get through all of it. I don't know if I'll stick around to like try and level up my character a ton or like actually do any of the grind, but I at least wanted to do all the story stuff and see like where destiny was at um, and how it compares to some of these other games coming out. Uh, So I'll have more to say about that when I finish. It might be uh, another week or two, but uh, speaking of uh, destiny (laughs) Anthem, I guess has been having some troubles. (laughs) Um, I guess this week, I don't know if this is from an update that they pushed. I'm assuming it was from an update because it was just this week that I've started hearing that Anthem has supposedly been hard crashing some people's PS4s uh, just when they're playing or (laughs) it's just like hard shutting down their console. And there's been some people that's claiming that it's bricking their PS4s, which... uh, It's a brick. Yeah, I don't know. You don't want to... I would imagine Bioware is just scrambling. Uh, They're probably... I feel bad for Bioware, but... Um, yeah, seriously. Yeah, so that's uh, troublesome. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know much more to talk about Anthem. I actually, like, uh, will probably be watching Anthem, like, at least more than some other games for this next year, just seeing where it goes. Because I still think that if Anthem was in a place where they fixed a lot of the bugs that are in the game or like the, you know, the jank uh, here and there, which is, it isn't too bad for that kind of stuff. um, At least from what I played. And if they ironed out the loot, which is just incredibly boring uh, in the state that it is right now, at least throughout the entirety of the campaign until you get to the end, if they fix a lot of that stuff and kind of develop a little more around the end, I could see it being fun. Like if, if our group picked it up on a sale uh, just to go through it, especially if you mentioned earlier, like, cause we started game sharing between me and you, it's like, yeah. maybe if Dom and Brian could figure out game sharing, then we could just like only buy two copies of the game and then everybody could pay half price. Um, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like maybe if it goes on sale, like later this year or maybe in a year or something, like if it's still going strong and it's been patched up, it could be fun like to do for, you know, a few months. Uh, yeah. with the group of us but i at at its state right now i do not want to pay even close to 60 dollars for what anthem is no um, but and last but not least um the division 2 is coming out this month i'm not sure when but it's coming out in march uh real quick though before we talk about division 2 review because we did we did do the, do the beta i do want to toss out the new section that i want to talk about is i'm going to be going on twitter with the wannabe gaming podcast uh twitter and I will be talking and engaging with different 
people and giving them shout outs in the podcast. Um, so this week I want to toss out three people um, and talk a little bit about their videos. And what I do, what I'll do is as soon as this is done, I will go and retweet their videos that we talk about real quick on our wannabe gaming Twitter account. So you can go and see those as well if you're listening and kind of see what we're talking about. So the first one is Get In Brains TTV. The reason why I want to give a shout out to this guy is A, when I was talking to him, he invited me and wanted to play with me and was willing to carry me through an Apex Legend game, which was awesome, except I was at work. So I couldn't do it. So if you're listening, um, getting brains TTV, sorry, I couldn't join you. I was at work at the time. But the thing is, is when you read his bio, this dude's got three fingers on his left hand and this guy rocks it. He plays the Xbox One and has three fingers on his left hand and he's just killing it carrying people getting wins on apex legends better than all of us who play the four of us so wanted to give this guy a shout out really cool um individual as well then the other two clips are from overwatch um first one is reptile guy um he had he was playing sombra and he had a really awesome hack on the hamster wheel um, the hamster was swinging around uh, an I- item uh, or a big pole building-ish thing, and he hacked him mid-swing, and it just launched him off the map, and it was epic. I was I, I laughed out loud, actually, when I saw it. I was like, ah, nice, because uh, I play Sombra, and Sombra is a fun character, especially when you get a good hack, and so those always feel really good. Um, and then the other one is by Fallmates, F-A-L-L. M-A-T-E-S, so fall mates. Um, this person was playing um, Brigida, and I think they were playing on a custom server because Brigida was jumping pretty high in the video, and maybe Brigida has some sort of jump ability that I don't know about. Um, truth is, I don't play Brigida. Um, but yeah, I don't think she has a massive jump. But anyway, she did, and she literally jumped really high to where Widow was up on top of this um rock formation and Lily right click booped with her mace widow right off the map one shot it was it was pretty sweet so like I said I'll be uh, throughout the week looking for new cool videos so if I see something I might engage with you on Twitter and then also talk about you on the podcast so those are the the three and I'll be re- retweeting them here after we're done recording provided I don't delete my audio again (laughs) (laughs) yeah well yeah second time is a charm second time is a charm and just again pulling back the curtain i was in mid conversation about this specific thing with retweets when i deleted my audio so yeah um we can talk about division beta though that was out that came out this weekend i downloaded it actually you downloaded it for me on my xbox because of the the share thing thanks um and I played one night. I think you played a little bit more. So what did you think of it? Uh, I I don't know if I, like, I kind of knew what to expect, I guess, because I played The Division 1, like, a decent amount uh, years ago. <laughs> Not years ago, but probably, like, over the last year or two. Um, I have never got super hardcore into it. So that's basically just, like, I went through the, the story stuff a bit and uh, just worked on grinding up my character. I never played with a group, so... Uh, I never did like any of the end game or any of the uh, DLC stuff that they added or any of that. Uh, and it's pretty much that. <laughs> uh, I do like the, <laughs> the Washington DC as a setting so far is more interesting than New York. I think just because of the time of day stuff, which I don't think they ever did that in the division one. I think it was always night. Uh, mm. But I could be wrong. It doesn't feel it. It, it feels a lot more like it's always changing at least compared to the division one um but also the the environments are much more varied and open a little bit i feel like just because you're going outside and there's like these big fields that you have to cross sometimes or there's like open buildings or sometimes you'll be in like tunnel stuff like in the division one but it's just a lot different the division one was mostly like you know, cross streets, downtown New York. So it was all like just crisscrossed checkerboarded type stuff. And then you would yeah. go down underneath into the tunnels and it just got kind of old after a while. Cause it was all pretty similar. And this one feels like they did a little bit of work to kind of mix it up a little bit more, uh, which is good. I've only, I only did, I didn't 
do all the content that they had in the beta. I did the the few things with you that one night for just a little bit, and then I did a couple more missions uh, the next day. And it feels like the Division One. I've never particularly liked the. I think the main thing I don't like is the combat mechanics. Like I just don't love like the cover shooter vibe of it like because it is just a cover shooter like you the loop is essentially like you go to wherever the mission is there's a bunch of gang guys that are either standing there or will like come in waves after you start whatever checkpoint you're at and then you have to just like kind of crouch behind a box or a wall and then peek out and like go through a clip then reload get back behind the wall sometimes you'll throw grenades or i i used the turret that you had as well so i was chucking that turret uh did you get the drone by the way i i'm not sure was the drone like airborne yeah um well yeah drone drone, drones are airborne (laughs) well they had a turret that had a ping on it like oh weird which i'm not sure but it almost seemed like it would move but i could be wrong though because I, I, the turret in the Division 1 was just like a you threw it, placed it, and then it would just auto-shoot anybody. And Yeah, I had that one. I think that was the same one that I just got, but it had like a... You could ping an enemy, and I'm not sure if that was just like focus fire or I was like... Oh, yeah, you're, you're saying you hit right bumper and it would start shooting that particular person. Is that Was that just like a focus fire? It's not like a little crab, yeah. a little crab thing that gets up and like... <laughs> no, okay. no, it, you're just you can pretty much when you toss your your drone out there, your turret, um, you can then tell which one you want it to attack, or else it will just attack what's nearby um, until that one is dead, and then move on to the next one. That's cool. Um, Maybe they had that in the first one, but I don't remember ever using that in the first one. So it's definitely mm-hmm. more apparent here. What did what I didn't get any more abilities. I probably had more to it unlock, but I was just kind of mindlessly shooting everybody. So what is the drone? Yes. So you can so when when you first started after you go to level two you can unlock two abilities, um, so it'd be a left bumper and right bumper. Right bumper was you could you could choose which one you want it to be either one. But my right bumper was the turret, and then my left bumper I unlocked the drone, which is like a little flying um, drone. And what was hard about it though is I couldn't dictate a so. So your X and Y axis axis is like up and down, left and right. But what would be forward, backward? Um, we'll call it L axis. I don't know. Whatever the other axis is, you I couldn't figure out how to get to determine um, the drone to go further away from me and drop its mines. Because what happens is when you trigger it, it would be pretty much right above you, and shortly afterwards, three circles that it would drop like a grenade. It would go boom, 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 like a little mini bombing run. But I could never figure out how to get it to go further out, no matter which way I changed the angle. It just was always stuck to like right in front of me. And I'm like, this is stupid. There's got to be a way to move this. And I couldn't figure it out. Um, But yeah, I mean, there was some really interesting things about the game. I would say I was extremely excited about DC because DC is my favorite town. It's not a town, it's a city. Um, favorite city in all of the United States. If I could go and visit any any town right now or any city, I would, by hands down, choose D.C. almost every time. Um, I'm a big history buff, big history nerd. Um, so much stuff that happens out there. So many cool things to see. Um, I've been out there probably three times in my life so far and would go all the time. So when I saw that this was based in D.C., I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> but... Um, and my nerdy side was, I'm really excited that your home base is in the white house. So I thought, man, as soon as I get into the home, the home base and can like free walk, I am going to explore the white house and see what I can see. Well, I mean, I've done the white house tour. I went with, uh, Trevor Lauchs, Darren McDaniel and Brandon Aberley. Um, and we went and toured around and got a whole inside view of the white house. Yeah. Um, the short version is what you have in the game is not the same as the White House. And that's probably due to um, security reasons, you know, like you, they probably don't want giving the full layout of the White House to everybody. Um, but the biggest area that I always remember having the issues is when you come out the front in uh, 
just uh division two uh you come out the front of the white house and that's the area where we came out the front Mm -hmm. and i remember very distinctly that when we were in there they had a big white a big piano that you could play well you couldn't play it because trevor wanted to and he asked the secret service person hey what if i jumped the rope and played it and he's like well i'd send you to neverland real quickly then (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty much threatening trevor which was awesome um but then over to the left and up, there was these stairs that went straight up to where the president's um, home is. And in Division Two, there's there is no stairs that go upstairs. Um, so, yeah, I I know that they couldn't probably do it, but I was hoping that they would at least get somewhat creative and have something up there. Yeah. Um, but they didn't. So that was my big bummer. But everything else about it, you know, geographically, the roads, um, all that is very accurate and very cool. Uh, wasn't able to make it over to like the monument and the the mall area, which has like the Natural History Museum and all those kind of things as well. Um, because that was level 17 or higher, I believe. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I've seen some stuff in the trailer of like historical places too, which... I guess I thought just implied that they're probably in the game. Uh, so you can maybe go see some of them, which I, yeah. I thought would be cool. But yeah, I, d- I didn't, I got to like level three or four. And then kind of stopped. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I know, I don't know. I, I would play the division two. If we had a group, like if our group wanted to play it, I would probably play it. I would get over the, you know, my dislike of the combat maybe just because it's a solid, at least the division one by the end of its life was pretty solid uh in terms of like it had an end game and like the loot progression is decent the the only thing for me is like while i don't like the combat it's it's okay it's not my favorite but the loot while it's it's cool their systems work um and i would assume that they'll probably work fine in the division two because they learned from the division one but it's really not as interesting to like get oh, I got a new hoodie or like a new backpack or like it's it's not as interesting as, as, as finding like new armor sets and stuff. I'm sure that they have sets and all that that like probably match and look nice, but it's still like grounded in relative reality, which just makes it a little bit less interesting maybe. Um, I don't know. But I would play it. Um, if people wanted to, but I don't, I don't know if I want to pay like full price for it at this point, uh, for that type of thing. I'm just not into the theme quite as much, but I am interested to see what, what they have though. Yeah. And you hit it right on the head where as soon like I could tell right away when I started playing and did the first missions is it is extremely phase orientated. Um, you'd bust into a room and like you said, there'd be bad guys there. You'd start engaging a lot of duck and cover, kill, 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 kill. Once that was all done, you followed your marker into the next little like hallway. It was almost always a hallway, which is so weird, or, like a closet. Um, there would be a box to replenish your ammo, and yeah. then you'd go into the next room in which there was the exact same thing again. And you did that like three or four times, then there was a boss, and then you were done. And it's like, yeah, this is going to be very repetitive and get old very, very quickly. Um, I will say once I played with you though, it was really slow when I was by myself. And then when there's two people, we were able to clip through it pretty quickly. Um, so maybe the speed will increase significantly if you played with a team. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't too, I wasn't overly wowed by it. The shooting aspect was overly basic, similar to Red Dead, where if, when you crouch and you quickly and you get your cursor in a general vicinity of where the bad guy is as soon as you pop over it will lock onto that guy so yeah. it kind of oversimplifies the shooting aspect um which i mean as we get older sure it makes it a little easier to be able to engage and feel epic as you play but i've never really liked that aspect too much i like to be able to actually fight for it and work hard to get the kill if i yeah, suck at aiming. That's my own deal. It's almost more about like, at least at the lower levels, like when you're going through that stuff, it's almost more about health management than it is about killing people. <laughs> like, because it's really easy to kill people. You just have to watch like that. They're not shooting you too much. And if they are, you have to get behind cover and wait <laughs> or heal up like, yeah, and wait till your bandages are replenished. But whereas in 
I don't know. I guess like none of the looter shooters so far have done the combat loop for me as good as Destiny. And I, I really like the combat loop in Destiny um, for, you know, I have some problems with that game too. But as far as like the moment to moment combat, it's great. I love it. Uh, and I don't think, I don't know. It's just more interesting there than like something like The Division. But I don't know. To each their own. They Each of those games does something uh, good and some things bad as well. And I think The Division has its strengths. I, I just don't know if it's necessarily the game for me. Yeah, I would agree. But it'll be nice to have like uh, the new one out and see like where they take it. Uh, I feel like they're probably going to do better than Anthem. I think they have like a crowd of people. I hear a lot of people, uh, even in the press and stuff that like are talking about, like they really like the division and they played a bunch of one and they're so excited for two. I think it has a following of people. Um, I'm just not in that group. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not really. In it. I, they, they had me at first when the division one came out and they had this whole concept of you can jump in and play with your friends on a tablet and do that whole aspect where it was constantly evolving and moving and you can jump in and jump out depending on where you're at and depending on which platform you jumped in on depending on the different perks and i thought you know this is a really interesting thing um because then i can play with you guys and i don't have to have an xbox because i think that that was right when the xbox kind of first came out they were talking about division and so i was like you know this can be great and then that they never implemented that feature and i'm just kind of like well all right (laughs) yeah it's much more of just another looter shooter at this point yeah, which, all right. But anyways, I think it's a good spot to kind of wrap it up. Um, this is our second time going through, so I, I think uh, we're, we're both ready to go to bed. Um, it's a little late. We made it. Um, we made it. We did it, America. We did it. <laughs> I hope you all have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next week. See you next week.